Hello and welcome back to the 12th instalment of the Paddock Picks podcast. Once again, joined by my co-host, Charlie Post. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm good, Dom. Yeah, very good. Looking forward to Derby weekend and yeah, busy away. Really good. Fantastic. Yeah, big weekend coming up and we're delighted to be joined by Oshin Murphy. How are you doing, Oshin? Very well, thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Exciting racing coming up. So, um, so yeah, brilliant next few days to look forward to. I imagine as a as a, a flat jockey, this is probably the one that, that whets the appetite more than most. Absolutely. You obviously have certain big festivals, Royal After, Glorious Goodwood, uh, York, Ebor, Judmont International Meeting, but, uh, but Epsom is very special. And I guess just particularly, you know, this season, we're, we're back to two days rather than the condensed one-day meeting last year. And, and of course, the, the brilliant news that there'll be 4,000 fans there. So, uh, obviously, this, this fantastic and, and prestigious meeting, getting the, uh, you know, the race goers and, and, and the number of crowd and, and obviously just the, the atmosphere in general that it deserves. Sure. It, it won't be as usual hustle and bustle, but uh, as a chucky, we won't complain about that because it might be a little bit easier to keep the horses relaxed. It will also be very nice to see some people back on back on the race course and some vibrance and atmosphere. It will be truly welcome. Fantastic. Uh, as on uh, previous shows, Ashim, we just run through a few quickfire Q and A's just to get the uh, the show up and running. Obviously, I'll, I'll turn to Charlie as well, and, and we'll see where you agree and disagree. Uh, Charlie, sure. I'll, I'll come to you first. Uh, starter or pudding? Starter. Uh, I love my savoury stuff. On uh, pudding, I can definitely take or leave. Most often, when I go out to eat, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be tending to have a, a pudding. I'd have a coffee, but I'd, I'd love a starter. Now. Yeah, and Ashim, how about you? Uh, I must admit the same. I I always have a starter, and very rare I'll have a pudding. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a pudding man, but it does seem to be the the generic consensus that uh, that most people opt for a starter. But obviously, I'm the odd one out there. Um, I'll yeah. to come to you for this one. Uh, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Uh, I don't do lots and lots of running, and I have these Adidas runners that. Uh, incredibly comfortable and have lasted for years. Yeah, and how about you, Charlie? Tough one, but I, th- I think I'm probably just about a three-strike man. If I was going to wear a set of tracksuit bottoms, yeah, I think I think Adidas would just be my preference. Tom. Yeah, just a bit more retro, I think, are they? I'd, uh, I'd probably yeah. agree with that one. Uh, Charlie, red and brown sauce, is it kept in the fridge or the cupboard? Oh, good question. I think... I, I think probably in the in the cupboard most of the time, if I'm honest. When I when I think about it, yeah, I think I think our red and brown sauce in the cupboard, Dom. Yeah, and Oshin, would you echo that? It wouldn't allow in the house. Don't like either <laughs> of those. Uh, the smell is terrible. Brown sauce is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> is it, are you more of a mayo fan or a barbecue sauce fan? No, no, no sauce. No sauce. Not mayo. Oh no, no. No. I could I could eat mayo with anything if I'm honest. It's a, it's a real guilty pleasure of mine. I love mayo. Now. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll but next time we we ask these, I'll obviously rephrase that one for you, then Charlie. You're a mayo fan. I'll yeah, remember that one. Please do. Uh, and then just a final one. Obviously, this is from a a, a riding perspective for you, Oshin. And then obviously Charlie, I want your kind of from the from the sofa. Which one you prefer watching? Um, so Oshin, do you prefer riding in a group one or a big fielded handicap? Oh, group one, less, less carnage, uh, often a big field handicap. Um, 
everything you don't want to happen happens in the first five strides of the race <laughs> and uh, it's it's less possible to predict how everyone in the race is going to ride whereas in a group one most of the time smaller field and uh, there's certain patterns and, and it's, it's less and uh, Charlie, yourself from from your sofa, which one do you uh, do you enjoy watching? Ah, uh, group one, Tom. I mean, it's it's all about the quality, isn't it? Like, like I love I love sport, high class quality sport, and, and whatever it is. And so for me, I'd be all over the the group one stuff. I'll, I'll be far more looking forward to watching the Coronation Cup, the Oaks, and the Derby than I will the Dash. Much as it's exciting to watch, it, it's mm. quality all the way for me. Do you have a particular group one that you that you look forward to more than others throughout the season, Charlie? Uh, interesting. Um, on the top of my head, I, I mean, I've always loved the the Eclipse because it's the first chance really for the the, the three year olds, the sort of middle distance three year olds, to take each other on. And I mean, the King George. I, I, I mean, as a kid growing up, I just remember like her horses, like Swain winning it twice and Monja. And I mean, even like like horses that I love, Kingsfield and Pill Sudski getting beaten it, but running in the races. And so I, I always feel like the King George used to really resonate with me as, as a youngster coming through. Yeah, fantastic. Was was the Eclipse? Uh, was that your first Group One, machine on Roaring Line three years ago? Can you hear me, Oshin? Yeah, I can. Sorry, oh, sorry we got yeah. you. There we go. Um, I was just was was Roaring Lions winning the Eclipse. Was that your first uh, Group One win? No, no. It's all. It's always um, the media gets this all wrong. Uh, it was my first British Group <laughs> British One. British Group One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, that was a, It's a you know a very very good race. Uh, obviously, a lot of history attached to it. I I love watching the Judmont International. There's been so many high-class winners of the race, and often it's the highest-rated flat race in the world. Uh, mm. So uh, it's an exciting one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's another good shout. I, I'd agree with that. The most sort of mana quarter, mana half, middle distance races in the summer. I just can't really be beaten on. I'm seeing it. Yeah, no. Sure. Obviously, York has some fantastic racing, doesn't it? Obviously, we look forward to that one later in the campaign. I suppose, Asheen, um, you probably join us at a, a, a very good time on the back of a, of a hat trick at, at Kempton last night. Can you explain the uh, importance, I suppose, of riding, you know, in such a good vein of form? I think you're on twenty seven percent at the moment, uh, strike rate. Uh, sorry, Charlie. I'm just looking up at my phone. I think it says that we're reconnecting to Oshie. We may have just yeah. I think we've lost, lost him, him a bit, but yeah, he's in moment. phenomenal form, isn't he? No, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, three winners, and obviously, I don't I know he's not ha- having. Uh, he hasn't got a book of rides today, but I suppose even from your kind of experience yourself, just 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 running through that, um, you know, that 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 vein of of good form heading into a you know a massive massive events such as the derby obviously the, the you know the best horses are, are all turning out the cream comes to the top as always and i suppose you can always rely on a very good horse to, to dig you out of trouble if you're not riding at your best but for your own personal level of confidence it can't exactly do you any harm not not at all i mean Christy, I, I don't think i've ever i was ever riding at 25 27 strike rate when i'm 56 <laughs> rides i mean it's incredible to think in a fortnight someone's riding that often and now 15 winners I mean, like he's sky high on confidence, isn't he? He's a two-time champion. He's going all out to defend this crown, and and it, it's hard to see beyond him, really. Can we can we get him added back in, Dom, or not? I just I see he's saying he's got cut off. Can we? That's fine. Yeah, no, I was going to say we'll get him. Uh, we'll 
dial him back in and see if obviously if he can rejoin us. Suppose it happen it, it tends to happen, doesn't it, with the uh, with the signal on these, but obviously hopefully yeah. we can uh, we can get him back. Sorry, guys. Well done. <laughs> there we go. We yeah, got him. Yeah. We, we got him back. Fantastic. Oshin, I was just talking to Charlie, obviously about the fact that you, you know you're operating at a twenty-five, uh, twenty-seven percent uh, win rate. You know, thus far, I know you haven't got a, a book of rides today, but but just heading towards a classic fixture and that in that you know positive spell and such a good vein of form, you're obviously going to sit on some fantastic horses this weekend. But for your own personal confidence, I mean, um, obviously you, you must be sky high at the moment. Well, my agent's doing a super job and I've been looking at Andrew Bowden's horses there in super form and have been since, you know, the beginning of the season. Uh, even before I got back from Dubai, he was having lots of winners and the other people I ride for the likes of Ed Walker and Saibin Sewer and, I don't know, Huey uh, Morrison. Yeah, they've all been going really well. So, um Obviously, when you're doing the steering and the horses are healthy and and they seem to be winning, that's great. Uh, I've I've obviously ridden quite a, a few seconds in May as well, and that's never much fun, but uh, it's part and parcel of it. And I'm I have a few suspension days coming up. I'm suspended today, and I miss Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I need to try and st- stay out of the stewards' room. Uh, they were both careless riding suspensions of two days and two days and uh, to be honest the first one and and the second one but more so the first one was completely accidental I asked the horse but um, Haydock to kind of switch to outside leads and and then overreacted on slow ground and gave David Egan the bump and that drove him across the track and in a small field the Stuarts could obviously zone in on it whereas in a big field it wouldn't have taken any notice and then the other one was in a classics at Newcastle. Uh, I had been careful not to move for like a half a furlong inside that I was 400 metres because it was quite tight on slow horses. Uh, they were kind of getting in each other's way. And eventually I thought I was clear and I did move. And my thing was going so slow, it got in the way of Nicky McKay's other slow horse and they both knocked each other over. So that was two days as well. So it's not, not ideal getting these suspensions and it's the one thing uh, I really have to be careful of. Is there, do, you, do you have a slight, uh, is there a, a sense of frustration about, about the stewarding machine a little bit like you know about I think we may have there we go, we got you again Oshin No I think we're uh, just relying on the signal there a bit Charlie yeah. Did you hear any of that, lad? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, we got we got all the stuff about about the suspensions, mate. I just, I was just asking a question. I said, do you mm. do you have a slight sense of frustration about stewarding in this country? I mean, about uh, about the sort of the fact that there there isn't always a a constant sense of sort of the the, the rules being applied across the board. Yeah. Um. I think I think genuinely. Uh. Um, I, it's very rare I feel I walk out of somewhere and, and it does happen walk out of the church room and think God I was lucky there to only get two days or to yeah. get a caution uh, I think across the board they're quite uh, they're quite hard uh, but they're pretty fair like I could have told you at Newcastle that 
Uh, although I didn't mean it and I was very careful, I did cause interference. I was going to be two days and uh, I, I don't know what it's like for other lads, but I think for me really, if, if I'm going to get days, I kind of know it and it doesn't matter what I say in there. Yeah. Uh, they they they're pretty hard, and I don't have an issue with that approach as long as it's applied across the board. But then I don't ride. I suppose I don't go up north that much, and uh, the camera angles at most tracks are pretty pretty on you. You know, you don't uh, particularly down south. Maybe Salisbury is the only one where it's. it's you're always turning so it's very hard for the shorts to clearly say you move this way or that way but uh, on the all weather in particular you know what it's like uh, if you move they can see it I just again on that point you'd wonder if in the modern era as you say with all the camera angles and the sort of the fact that minds have almost been made up is it really even necessary for a jockey to have to go in and fight his corner and inquiry if that makes sense no, you're very, very true. I mean, at uh, at Haydock, uh, it was clear what happened, and I may as well have just sat outside and and told them uh, the horse is a big, heavy unit, and um, I didn't want to. I didn't. I ended up basically switching into space three and a half furlongs out at Haydock into Headwind. Well, bear in mind that I won two or three races on the card earlier in the day. I knew uh, it's pretty plain to see that I wouldn't want to do that. Um, yes, it was a waste of time me saying that in the Stuart's inquiry. Yeah. Interesting. Obviously, all all those sort of points taken into in, into account, Nasheen, obviously you, you still extended your lead at the, the top of the Flat Jockeys Championship to, to 28. I believe you're six ahead of William Buick at the moment. Um, obviously, having won the previous two renewals, I guess at the start of the season, do you, do you kind of set... That, that goal and that target is just to win, you know, win the next one, or do you just take your sort of season race by race? I, I put a lot of pressure on myself the last two years, and uh, if it ended up not being fun, for for example, you have a winner there at Lingfield and you go out and win the next one and forget to smile. Like, the riding winners <laughs> is, is really nice, and, you know, it's good for the owners and trainers and the lads leading up, and, uh, my father kind of reminded me a few times that you need to relax here and and take it day by day, but it's impossible when you all you have in your head is trying to lift that championship trophy and then you're looking how well Buick is doing and how well Mark wants to and Danny Tudor. But this year, uh, I've just let the lads do the stressing and I've taken it uh, with a breath of fresh air and like these suspensions of use it to go show jumping. I'm having a show jumping lesson this evening mm-hmm. and next week I've got stuff to do as well, Sunday, Monday. So rather than sit, sitting at home watching Linkfield, Wolverhampton and Redcar and watching the lads riding trebles and four-timers, <laughs> uh, that's, that's no good for you. Proper horseman, this guy Dom as well. We had a good day out hunting actually before Christmas. Oh yeah, he goes, he goes, he goes pretty well now. He goes, take my take on anything really. <laughs> Hang on tight and close your eyes. And stick on. <laughs> I know, the jump jockey's motto exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was that in Leicestershire? Was it? Is that right? Was that where you went? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. We yeah, we, yeah. we were we were out for a friend of ours, uh, Nick Nick Pierce is. For yeah. the stag do, um, he and it was, 
yeah, Yoshima's out with, uh, well, another very, very successful jockey, Jim Tollesey, who's his uncle, you know, and they were having oh, a good cool. day and we all had we all had the crack together. It was great fun in all fairness, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think if I had a fall or not, but I normally fall off so highly <laughs> likely. I don't think you did. I mean, I remember Tom Messenger taking a spectacular um, this, uh, Sorry, this, uh, a spectacular unseat, but then again, that was nothing new there. He should have, he was. I don't think he throws his leg over a horse very often nowadays. Well, it's interesting you say that. I'm actually on a stag do next weekend, but I'm only going on, on a night out to Leeds. I mean, I think I'd, uh, I'd be very worried at this point in time now if I was uh, being told that I was going to be sitting on a horse in, in eight days' time or whatever it is. So you're, you're far braver men than me. I was just wondering, Oshin, obviously looking back, it, it was Kalani you grew up in, is that right? Yeah, uh, from kind of. I was born in Cork and then I did my primary school in, in Killarney, County Kerry. And then when I finished that, so age 11, I uh, moved to Cork with my family and I did secondary school in Cork. But I lived with my Uncle Jim from 14 to the time I went to England. Uh, so uh, that was good fun and I kind of wet my, probably helped massively to get me into in riding out, uh, it was at my doorstep. I I was able to get up before school, and we had one or two flat horses called Cry for the Moon and Shella House, and they were both kind of useful. They weren't useless. They won races, so I, was, I thought I was training them in in the dark before school. I go flat out on them when he say just to a steady canter. They were doing they were doing uh, they were doing slingers with seven stone on their back every morning, but um. But it was enjoyable times. I thought, yeah, I remember. And then you'd breathe them once a week. Well, the breeze, they'd be legless by the top, but I'd never get a bollocking because he couldn't see you <laughs> be that dark. Um, yeah, it was all, all fun and games. Oh, fantastic. Because obviously, I, I read about obviously you, you show jumping, you know, experience kind of growing up. And as, as Charlie alluded to there, you're obviously on a, on, on a stag do before Christmas, not that long ago. But it was, what, what was it necessarily about the, the flat that you, you kind of ended up taking this route, would you say? Uh, I loved watching flat racing. Mm. I didn't really know any flat jockeys or flat trainers, or mm. only jumping people. So uh, when I was, 15 on the summer holidays uh, Monday to kind of Friday evening or Saturday morning after second lot I would be in Tommy Sachs and then the following summer that was in I did it at Aidan O'Brien's and then a bit the summer after before going to uh, Andrew Bowling so it was a great grounding I it didn't come very naturally to me I don't know what it was like for you Chai but having ridden uh, taught to ride kind of uh, show jumping and and the general kind of riding style. I didn't find race race riding style came that easy. I remember getting so many lessons on simulators and stuff. Even when I had been to Andrews for a while, and John Reed like pulling his hair out of how I couldn't grasp it, like Kieran Schumacher or, or Rob Hornby or you know, Dan Musket, Jack Garrity, we were all there at the same time, how they were grasping it a lot quicker. But anyway, uh, I kept trying hard and um, eventually started to fall into place. Yeah, I think I, I could echo that. As in, I mean, look, maybe I never quite grasped it, but I mean, as in, I would have always seen myself as a much better horseman than possibly a jockey, if that, a, more, a more natural horseman. Than a to jockey. look at, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I always felt more... Like I was way more comfortable at home riding difficult horses, doing all that sort of stuff than than 
than possibly race riding coming and it, it took a while for me to feel sort of completely comfortable race riding I think yeah I'd agree with that mm. well obviously it, it, it's... like I'd struggle I'd struggle to watch the replays of my first season riding like it was just I may have got ridden a lot of winners and and like had lots of nice press and things but aesthetically it looked poor and you know so many things I, I, I realised at the time as well but I just found it hard to to fix straight away, if that makes sense. Mm. Well, I suppose one one race that probably wasn't all that hard to uh, to, to watch back was uh, was was Kamiko's two thousand guineas winner sheen. Obviously, it would be uh, it would be rude to to, uh, to have you on the show and not allude to that this uh, the the great day from from last year. What what's kind of your memories from from the race? I mean, it, it felt like it was kind of the big you know first sporting event, particularly in Britain, that was held behind closed doors. Did that make it feel any less special or? Uh, you know, was it just great to be back on the track and and back on you know a fantastic you know horse in 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 such a big race as the two thousand guineas and, and the Group One contest that it is? Yeah, it was amazing because uh, we had been in lockdown and we weren't allowed right out through April. But then mm. when we knew we got to go ahead for the beginning of June to get racing, um, Andrew had us in every day, and we almost felt like we were you know part of the team really more so than ever because. We were riding work and doing everything with these horses and we weren't escaping after second or third lot. We were riding four or five lots because we had nothing else to do and he wanted us to to keep the keep the weight off, off Rob and I and, and Dave and uh, Rob Hornby and Dave Forward and also, you know, make us do a bit of graft. And we had a great start at Newmarket Tactical was second and we had a couple of winners. I remember I had like four winners in the in the first three days of the Newmarket meeting the week before and then the week after uh, Cameco had had uh, been to Kempton and the gallop was really good uh, he felt super and the heart monitor all the stuff off that which is like speed obviously their heart rate stride length um, was really positive and in the race I kind of thought what would happen happened and uh, I, I, you know, had a nice trip, and the horse stuck his head out, and it was brilliant. So, you know, Kipco two thousand guineas. When you drive up the Rolly Mile there, and you see all the placards with all the famous horses that have won it before, from Camelot all the way through Frankel, all the way through to Camelot and further on, and, um, Glen Eagles, Churchill. Most of them are cool more horses. Uh, and um, it was it was great. Uh. Great, great feeling. I remember Sheikh Fad was only a couple of miles down the road in his house in Newmarket, and I went there afterwards, and you know, it was fantastic. Brilliant. But just as well, just we're touching on that. I mean, it must have meant a huge amount to win it for, for Andrew Bolding, I mean, coming through the academy there. And, and secondly, so two pointed question what, what is it that, that makes the King's Clear operation so good at bringing these talented riders through? Because it happens time and again. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant for Andrew because I suppose as a trainer, you always want to make a stallion and there isn't a better race than a, than a, 2000, a British 2,000 guineas or an English 2,000 guineas, uh, a Kipco 2,000 guineas. To, it's a stallion-making race. It's the most important one uh, in the European stud book uh, over the last, uh, I suppose, 20 years or so. It's been, it's been the one and it's 
maybe before that the derby was the stallion making race, but now it's this one and Andrew was obviously thrilled and comes with a lot of pressure. You know, the horse had trained very well from two to three. He reached uh, his best run of his two-year-old year was at Newcastle on the old weather. And then you see the saying, oh, can he do that on turf? And if he does, he obviously has a super chance. Well, we kind of saw at home he could do it on turf, but uh, he needs to do it at the races. And you, at Kingsclare, Andrew isn't at that kind of full on with saying, oh, you need to be doing this and you need to be doing that to the apprentices. But because he attracts the best apprentices around, then they're all competing off each other. So they're all looking what the other one's doing. And then naturally you're improving uh, and everyone's improving with you. And then he gets the likes of John Reed and to give similar lessons uh, once a week or once a fortnight. And uh, he gives the opportunities. Like he deliberately keeps ordinary horses to to give apprentices a chance and I didn't as a as it turned out I actually never got a spin off the off the kind of apprentice right. Um but Joey, Rob, Jack and I think Dan Musket all all did and they all wrote out their claims and are now professional jockeys but mm. they were they were helped and started by Andrew paying uh, and owning uh, one of the one of the horses in the yards you know, and and keeping it there for for no other reason really than than giving the lads a few chances you know fantastic yep and and just go back to to Kamiko uh, Oshin obviously now 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 retired to stud and I believe Qatar racing at the, the start of the year um, sent some exciting uh, exciting broodmares his way I think he's based at, at Tween Hills in Gloucestershire so obviously the, the fantastic that his his kind of his, his owners have done this and he's a very exciting stallion moving forward. He's been given a great chance. Obviously, he's by Kitten's Joy, same as Royal Line. He's after covering a lot of the mares Royal Line covered. Two two years previous, uh, and um, and yeah, he's gonna have a super chance. He's covered 160. He, he'll just be about finished up now. Uh, you know, I've been to see him, and you'd love to throw the saddle on him and, and bring him for a trot. Still, you find over time, stallions aren't quite as athletic as you'd expect when they were racing. Uh, they kind of lose that shape and that that walk and trot. But your man is like. If you were to describe him in one word, it's, it's athletic. He has incredible use of himself, and uh, more so than any other stallion. Uh, if you were to pull them all out at, at Twin Hills, there or anywhere, uh, he's the one that is the most expressive in his in his walk and trot, and that is the sole reason he was probably able to go as fast as he could go. You know, brilliant. And uh, obviously, speaking uh, of of Qatar race, of course, they they own the uh, the horse that you ride in the Oaks uh, tomorrow afternoon. Obviously, that's uh, Ocean Road for for Hugo Palmer. She finished a, a good third in the in the trial at Lingfield. Do you think that some better ground will just help her chances? Yeah, really hard to know. But I know one thing: that her work before Lingfield was just okay. Her work since has been uh, much much improved and. It needs to be because she needs to improve a lot from what she showed at Lincoln. Uh But she has done, and um, she was slow away there. I even went down to Newmarket to put her in the stalls myself, and with a blind to jump, she flew out. So 
she has a chance to run a big race and shake Brad's going. He hasn't been racing in ages. It'll be great if she was to run a good race. We've got above later on in the car and he's been aimed at that race for ages and uh, he would have the class to go very well. So look forward to him as well. He, he, we thought he went to ask it with a great chance last year and okay, the ground was probably a bit slow for him. Remember, we got a fair bit of rain and then it dry, dried up as the days went on, but uh, above came back with a hairline fracture somewhere. I can't remember what he did, but he clearly did it in the race and uh, he's been 100%, so hopefully hopefully he's won. He's got a good draw and he's, uh, he's, up, he's won to hopefully get Sheikh Fahd to smile in the mouth. And uh, obviously, I was reading your blog just before we jumped on a sheet, and obviously, it's disappointing that, that you won't have a ride in the in the derby. It just seems like Aiden O'Brien only sort of ha- having one runner has, has just caused a bit of a domino effect. Yeah, it is one of those. I, I thought I was riding John Leaper, and then um, Adam was confirmed to ride him, and then obviously, um, Frankie switched to John Leaper, and, and Adam rides out. Uh, at Malton Paddocks and it always is part of uh, Charlie's riding arrangements so uh, it was inevitable he was going to ride the horse when when he didn't have John Leaper to ride so it's one of those things I'd love to be part of the race uh, but I won't be and um, we'll just have to try and find one next year yeah, absolutely, Ch- Charlie. It just seems sort of uh, it, not not many times in recent history will, will Ballydor, you know, only be re- represented by one horse in the in the Derby. They usually flock with about seven or eight, don't they? About half the field. Yeah, for sure, Dom. I mean, uh, whether it's whether it's a big plot in 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 in, in uh, taking the box of of Bolshoi Ballet's chances, the fact that they they go in there relying on just on him, and and again we've ended up with a, a relatively well only only the twelve runners, and, and as you say for. for for high-class riders like Sheen, it's had an effect where there's just not those sort of spare rides going or, or, or and chances for them to get on them. But, you know, like he's a young man, a champion jockey, riding for a brilliant operation. I'm sure it won't be long until he's there with a live chance again, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And Oshin, obviously, you've still got a, a strong book of rides uh, uh, over the two days at Epsom. Is there is there one horse, obviously, you, you mentioned above, but is, is there one horse in particular that you'd be more confident on than the others? I think the two-year-old uh, in the first tomorrow should go very well. Mm. Tardy should have won at Newbury. He hates that slow ground, but it's, people will laugh when I say that because he ran a career best by so much. But he has tiny feet, and I can assure you his knees don't come up off the ground. And on pedigree, he's bred to want it fast ground. So there's three things there to say it wouldn't have suited him. And I kind of thought I was going to win and I didn't uh, I wasn't hiding him late on and he he uh, he should have won um, so I was kicking myself and it'd be nice to make amends tomorrow I think track would pose no problems it's not a very strong race and his work uh, his work last week with spring is sprung he sat last and he did well to join I, I, he looked uh, he looked really good yeah, no, fantastic. Some, some brilliant insight there. And, and obviously, we wish you uh, the very best of luck with, with all your rides at Epsom uh, this weekend, Oshie, and obviously, hopefully a winner or two. Uh, obviously, thank you very much for your time and joining us on the Paddock Picks podcast. And Charlie, once again, thank you for your time as well. And we'll look forward to catching up on the next uh, next instalment.
pleasure, Dom, and thanks very much, Christine. Best of luck over okay. the weekend. Cheers, Jens. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.